Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, if you were looking for a little bit of political gamesmanship, brinksmanship, if you will, we got it in Kentucky. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. You've got a governor's race on the Republican side, and you have Kelly Craft, and you have another Republican by the name of Daniel Cameron. Now, Daniel Cameron is the Attorney General of Kentucky. Daniel Cameron, when he won, was a, a great, great uh, choice. People were very excited. Republicans had put forth this black Republican, this black man, and oh my gosh, we're electing a black man. Is he good? Turns out not bad, as as I know the stories. And people were very excited uh, about the election and winning a statewide election for Republicans in Kentucky. Now Cameron is running for uh, the the position. He wants to be a governor. Kelly Craft, on the other hand, is a former ambassador to the United Nations, and she is being endorsed by Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump is endorsing Daniel Cameron. Ron DeSantis is endorsing Kelly Craft. Brinksmanship. The Kentucky governor's race just got super duper interesting. Although it's a really weird reason for a race to get interesting, a primary to get interesting. You should vote for who can, you think could do a better job, not who the endorsements are, are from. But it's interesting. Kraft has gotten endorsements from Pompeo, from Ted Cruz, from Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, she's getting a lot of love behind her. And oddly, Cameron isn't. So is there a story there that I don't know? We are going to watch this play out because all of a sudden, the Republican gubernatorial primary is actually a referendum on 2024. Yeah, like it couldn't get any weirder. But as we see from the Durham report, it really can. I've got that breakdown with Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana coming up. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. I am watching with incredulousness and a bit of awe the people out there on the political left and within the media, but I repeat myself, who think that the Durham report is no big deal. The Durham report is a big deal. Now, you can argue, Tony, the Durham report didn't tell us what we didn't already know. Hillary Clinton lied and the Clinton campaign lied about everything regarding Trump because they put together the Steele dossier. They paid for all this oppo research, and that's what was then pushed to the FBI and utilized to set up the basis for this Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And the FBI didn't follow a single bit of its own rules and its own standards. The FBI had no credible witnesses. The FBI had no credible Incredible leads, and they continue to go forward. And even though we knew that John Brennan, this terrible, awful CIA director, he briefed Barack Obama, briefed he briefed then Vice President Joe Biden, James Comey, FBI Director Loretta Lynch, uh, the Attorney General uh, Andrew McCabe, the Deputy Director, a whole host of others, all of them decided that it was okay to perpetrate this hoax on the American people and lie. They said it was okay. They did this to us. Trump's going to argue that it was done to Trump, and he's not wrong about that argument. But there's a greater one. 
This was done to us. America was ripped apart for four years by losers like Representative Adam Schiff, who is a fraud and a liar. Losers like Eric Swalwell, Representative Swalwell, who is a fraud and a liar. The frauds and liars at CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times, the LA Times, they did this to us. And I'm not so sure I'm okay with just letting that go. Being like, oh, well, nothing we can do now. I got a problem with nothing we can do now. I don't know how we aren't sickened. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. If you missed my conversation with Congressman Jim Banks, let me share this with you right now from the Indiana 3rd District because we were breaking down this germ report in all the ways, in the political and the cultural and the legal and going over it. And I caught up with Congressman Banks as we were discussing, well, the interference from the political left in our elections. Uh, the meddling by the intel officials in 2016 was uh, was matched in the 2020 election when they they prevented true stories about Hunter Biden's laptop from being made uh, they they being made public online and shared online and and that uh, that true story that was diminished uh, that that now we know was true and the, the thing about all this Tony I'll leave it at this is that if we don't do something about this. Uh, they're going to get away with it again in the 2024 election. And, and, and that, that's where House Republicans, we have a five-seat majority. We have a duty to go after the FBI and hold people accountable uh, who were involved in, in these issues in 2016, again in 2020. People should be going to jail uh, for what they got away with in both of those cases. If we don't hold people accountable then then we're going to see these types of activities repeated again in the future. We can't allow that to happen. You put out on Twitter, Intel officials interfered in the 2016 election and the 2020 election, and they'll do it again in 2024 unless Republicans hold them accountable. Exactly what you're saying here. Talk to me about who gets held accountable and how. What is, I mean, to, to the extent that there's a Republican plan in less than 24 hours, but you got it. You, you knew this was coming. Yes, you stated the Russian collusion was always a, a scam. What's the plan? Who to go after? How do you charge them? How does Congress hold these people accountable? So next week, Jim Jordan, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, which has oversight of the Department of Justice, the FBI, is going to have Durham come and and testify before the whole committee. So stay, stay tuned from that. But that doesn't answer your question. You're asking, what does accountability really look like? And in divided government, you have, a, you have a president and Joe Biden who, who's abused his power from, from day one in the White House, and abused his power when he was the vice president. By, by the way, Hunter Biden never held accountable for anything. I mean, the guy, the, the guy is so corrupt. The Biden family is so corrupt and no one's ever held accountable. Um, so how do we hold... How do we hold them accountable? With a Republican majority, we do have leverage when it comes to the appropriation season. The FBI right now is trying to move and build a, a almost $4 billion price tag. Maybe it's more than that to build a new FBI headquarters. Well, House Republicans should hold up funding for building new FBI headquarters. We also changed the rules at the beginning of the Congress so that we can zero out the the salaries of executives within the within different federal departments. So that's one way that we can hold specifically certain individuals accountable uh, by take by 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 uh, uh, sort of a, 
a, a line item type veto of their funding uh, for certain salaries. So that's one thing that we should be looking at as well. But I got to tell you, Tony, I mean, real accountability. Uh, when we look at the 2024 election, listen to how Republican candidates running for president talk about exactly this. The Durham report, uh, the politicization of the Department of Justice, the FBI. What are those? What, what is Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, if he runs, uh, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, what are they going to do about this? That, that's the question that needs to be answered by all of these uh, candidates running for president on the Republican side. Because I, I think one of these candidates, we know Donald Trump is going to make this a focus in his campaign. But how are the rest of them going to deal with this? How are they going to uproot the, uh, the, the, the politicization of the, of the FBI, which, which is carried on from administration to administration, Republican administrations, Democrat administrations, what are they going to do about, well, do about it? Because that, that's, where, that's, where the, that's where the change is going to happen when we get a president who's serious about taking the, care of it. The, the, the do about it is what we're going to look at you to do now, regardless of uh, the the election. I, I mean, you talk about not funding FBI headquarters and, and, and other things. That's a, that's a nice start, but it, it is not enough. As we look into what this Durham report has, let me show you this right here. This was actually posted by uh, Tom Bevan of Real Clear Politics, just to give credit where it's due. Our investigation determined that Crossfire Hurricane investigation Investigators did not and could not corroborate any of the substantive allegations contained in the Steele reporting, nor was Steele able to produce corroboration for any of the reported allegations, even after being offered a million dollars or more by the FBI for such corroboration. Further, when interviewed by the FBI in January of 2017, Danchenko was also unable to corroborate any of the substantive allegations in the reports. Rather, Danchenko characterized the information he provided to Steele as, quote, rumor and speculation, unquote, and the product of casual conversation. You give me one reason, sir, one reason alone why any American should ever trust the FBI again. Yeah, I... I, I I, I can't. Be, and this is what I'm saying. We have to completely uproot uh, the, the political cancer within the DOJ and the FBI. Congress, uh, the House of Representatives, we, with the Republican majority, Tony, we can hold certain people uh, in contempt of Congress or hold them accountable. But the Biden DOJ is not going to go arrest them for it. It's not that that's the whole point. So this is this is a bigger issue. That I, 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 I mean, like I said before, I hope it I hope it foreshadows the 2024 presidential election. But, but, but you're asking the important question, what are we going to do about it right now to make sure it doesn't happen in the 2024 election? And I think it, when it comes to Congress, we have the ability to fund or defund certain departments and the, the salaries of certain executives or, or officers within those departments. And then we can, we can hold hearings like what Jim Jordan, who has the, the primary uh, oversight role of the DOJ and the FBI. Next week, he's going to hold the hearing with Durham to, to come and present the findings and the facts of the report. And then I, I hope that as an act of Congress, I hope that the House of Representatives puts charges on the floor and votes to hold certain people in contempt. And the, and the whole reason why is I, th this was my first term in Congress. I, I go back to those first two years, 2017, 2018, uh, the, the first half of the Trump administration and so much of what the president was trying to, to do that he promised the American people who voted for him that he would do was disrupted because all of the attention was placed on the Russian collusion hoax. 
Instead, there has to be accountability for that because well, it has serious consequences. Let's continue the conversation about accountability, sir. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. He heads up the anti-woke caucus in the House. He is a candidate for Senate in the state of Indiana. Your tweets, your Twitter feed uh, right here. Let me share this with you. It shows a picture of Adam Schiff speaking to Alison Camarota on CNN, where Schiff said evidence of collusion is clear. And you responded with zero credibility. Is it the plan of the United States House of Representatives with Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans in charge to hold Adam Schiff accountable and accuse him not only of what we know he lied, but to take away from him his committee for doing so? Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I can't speak on behalf of Jim Jordan, the chairman well, of ask him to do it. the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, I'll go beg him to do it. I don't think I'll have to beg him because I think that's what he supports as well, or, or the speaker. So Adam Schiff should be held accountable for, for that. He's already been removed because of his lies uh, from the House Intelligence Committee, where he was the chairman for the last four years. He's been stripped and removed from that committee by Speaker McCarthy, and that was a good first step. But you're, you're touching upon something I think is, is very important. The whole, con- the whole House should act out upon uh, the, his abuse of power, the lies that he told during that period of time and, and hold him accountable for it. Um, uh, shame him in front of his constituents, his district before the American people for the lies that he pushed and, and told that had serious consequences on the ability of the Congress, the whole Congress to do their job and act out on an agenda that, um, that, he, that he was a part of derailing by peddling in these lies. You know, when we talk about these things, sir, and I've had the, the pleasure of speaking with you on air and off air now for a few years, both of us being in, in, in Indiana, uh, I never get uh, the, the feeling that you're about talking and not doing on, on these subjects. But we see Congress talk and not do. In the end result, we, the, the concept of collusion came from Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Loretta Lynch, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, and more. This was known. We talk about the fact that it was uh, John Brennan, who I consider to be an awful person, sir, based on his politics and based on his history. He briefed President Obama and the rest of that gang on what Hillary Clinton was doing. And yet it still happened. It still went forward. So when we talk about Congress having to do something, there's there's a, a belief that nothing ever gets done. No one ever goes to jail. If, if I did this, I'm in jail for the rest of my life. They do this. It's no big deal. Never mind what we're going to be doing with Congress to rectify these wrongs. What is the Republican Party willing to do politically, socially, culturally? to get people to say, holy crap, what just happened here? And exactly how ugly is this connection between the progressive left and the mainstream media, which pushed this lie along? Yeah, Tony, this is you're asking the most important question. And my answer is you got to look at what what can Congress do and what can't it do? Congress, as as a member of Congress, one of 435 members of Congress, I can't put you in jail. I can't arrest you. That is the that that is the responsibility of the executive branch of the government. What we can do is fund and defund. And in this case, I think there is a, a serious role for Congress here 
to use funding and appropriations to hold the FBI accountable. That is one way to, to provide accountability and, and oversight, uh, continue to hold these hearings. This Durham report only came to light, was only released yesterday. I would argue that's about uh, two years uh, uh, too late, too little too late by the Durham investigation, the Durham report. But it does provide some serious findings and conclusions that we have a moral obligation to act upon. So we can also hold certain people in contempt of Congress. But when you do that, uh, the Biden Department of Justice is who decides to press charges. And that, that's not going to happen. I mean, this is a this is a corrupt administration. Oh, lost uh, the congressman for just a moment. We will try and get him back. Uh, there was something else uh, that, that came into being. And, Congressman, uh, I'm glad you're back. Sorry we had that little hiccup right there. Let me share this with you. This took place on um, on MSNBC. This is Joe Scarborough's show, where Joe Scarborough was quoting something that came from a report from Senator Marco Rubio a few years ago regarding some level of collusion. And listen to how he characterizes the the uh, Durham report. Listen here. Receptivity to Russian outreach as a, quote, grave counterintelligence threat that made the campaign susceptible to, quote, malign Russian influence. This was Marco Rubio and other members of the Republican Senate committee, the Intel committee, saying this. Uh, and yet the conclusions that are drawn here, again, it really seemed to, it's just seems to be a complete dud. Once again, another dud by John Durham. A dud. He called it a dud. <laughs> what would you say to Joe Scarborough? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure that his listeners are even buying that the Durham report is a dud. Obviously, this is conclusive evidence that the FBI abused its power. And if Joe Scarborough or Joe Biden or anyone on the left wants to ignore that and dismiss it, I, what I can guarantee to you today, Tony, is that Republicans aren't going to dismiss it. We're not, it's not going to go away. We, we are going to continue to press the issue and do everything that we can to uproot this type of abuse and politicization within, within the Department of Justice that should not exist. And that, that's going to play out in different ways. Like I said, funding, defunding, holding certain people in contempt of Congress, continuing to provide oversight hearings. John Durham testifying before Jim Jordan's committee next week will be very important. And the outcome of that, I don't, I don't sit on that committee. I'm not a member of the Judiciary Committee. But the Judiciary Committee has a big role and a responsibility here to push forward charges and, and, uh, and uh, uh, other, uh, other means of accountability. Uh, stay tuned for what that looks, looks like. I can't answer the question of what it will look like because I'm not on the committee. I'm not Chairman Jim Jordan, but I know that he takes it very seriously. My thanks to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. I, I do greatly appreciate it. And let me say, if Congress doesn't take it seriously, we got to seriously ensure we never vote for these people again. There, no one gets off the hook here. And the people who lied donate to the people who run against them. Someone's running against Adam Schiff, donate. Someone's running against Eric Swalwell, donate. Someone's running against Andre Carson or, 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 or Visklosky there. And it's not Visklosky anymore, is it? No, it's Mervan in the first. Donate against him. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. You deserved better. And you didn't get it from the people who claim that they're the good, decent, kind intellectuals. 
throw these people out. Do what we can. That's what we can do. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. In breaking down the Durham report, which is a bit of a redundant statement because we've all been here. We've been having this conversation for the past four or five years. We already knew that everything involving Hillary Clinton and Fusion GPS was a fraud. We already knew uh, that the Steele dossier was bunk. We already knew that the subsource couldn't be trusted. We knew all these things because we've been paying attention because we follow what is the story and not what the mainstream media was trying to feed us. We know that ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, and CNN, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the LA Times, and a whole host of others lied to us on the daily, lied to America on the daily. But since we are here and we are engaging differently, we didn't fall for those lies. We engaged honestly and clearly. And so the report from Durham isn't a surprise to us. Although the Durham report, after looking at the origins of Russia, Russia, Russia and the Mueller investigation is disgusting and despicable. And it is clear that today's mainstream media works with today's Democratic Party, like we've always known, to move message and not facts and to keep other people from moving facts that interfere with their message. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. So I spoke to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com, to break down the legal parts of this. And yes, get into some political and cultural aspects of this because this story has it all. And so I started with the basics. You read the Durham report. What did it say to you? Well, I there are a couple of very big takeaways. And one of the biggest takeaways is what a destructive, vicious, um, uh, damaging person Hillary Clinton is to our political process. This Russia collusion thing didn't only damage Trump He won the 2016 election anyway, despite this. Think how big a victory he might have had without it. But it really froze and paralyzed the country politically for over four years. Uh, The damage Hillary Clinton's campaign did uh, was so tremendous to this nation. Uh, And I think that to some extent, while it's being highlighted by a lot of the news coverage, they're not really doing it personal to Hillary, and it needs to be. She really is possibly the uh, most destructive politician we've certainly had in this century uh, in recent memory. The manipulation that she uh, perpetrated here is so horrible, Uh, not for what it did to Donald Trump. I mean, that's bad enough, but what it did to our nation and we're at each other's throats because of what Hillary Clinton did. And she needs to be roundly condemned and she's not getting a fraction of the criticism that she deserves. So that's let's take, let's take two steps yeah. back, sir, because you bring up a point that I think is incredibly important, regardless of politics. Um, look at what these last four years have done to the nation, have done to us. This was perpetrated upon us. Trump will take it, of course, personally, and he's not wrong to do so, but it would be out of control. It would be an an obscene thought almost to think that we aren't the victims of this. But as you're discussing, I'd like for you to break it down. You do so over at legalinsurrection.com, your site. This entire conversation about Trump and the Russians comes from a Hillary Clinton and Clinton campaign fever dream that, hey, how can we put this together based on the report? How did they put that together? 
Yeah, I mean, it was done through, it was made up. I mean, it was uh, fabricated. It was not even based on any real sourcing in the so-called Steele dossier. And it was completely concocted by Hillary Clinton paid operatives. That's how it happened. Uh, So, you know, that's my first takeaway. The second takeaway is what you've pointed out. Uh, The FBI and the federal government played a supportive role in this. Remember that the FBI, according to the Durham report, knew that this was a hoax, knew that there was no evidence to support it, but allowed it to percolate. And then they briefed the senior Obama administration officials about this. Uh, The report seems to indicate including Obama, although it's a little unclear from the report, at least that I remember, whether it was face to face with him or through others to him. But clearly he was aware of it. And so was his whole administration. And they allowed this to happen. And they said nothing. They allowed people to report that they're investigating and said nothing. They were they were co-conspirators here. The Obama administration was fully on board with this because if they weren't fully on board with it, they would have said something that there's nothing there. Uh, and, and then you see James Comey and the others then using these Russia allegations in the Steele dossier to try to set up Trump. Remember, <clears throat> the then director of the FBI went to the White House a day or two after Trump took office to meet with him, to set him up, to give CNN an excuse to run the dossier. Uh, so uh, this was a, a, a really a fraud perpetrated by the Hillary Clinton campaign with the cooperation of the Department of Justice and the FBI. So that's, you know, takeaway number two. And the, the federal government uh, colluded here to... Uh, interfere in an election and then to paralyze a president over things they knew had no basis. So that's way number two. I think the use of the word colluded is, is, is a good one. I want to share this with you. Uh, I, I know that you're giving your commentaries and we're going to see a lot more of you in the, in the coming days. Uh, this was Jonathan Turley on Fox uh, just the other day. Uh, listen to this. No, it's really otherworldly. You know, the New York Times got a Pulitzer for a story that was debunked, a story that was put into the media by the Clinton campaign based on a dossier funded by the Clinton campaign. Uh, the New York Post revealed what turned out to be a true story, the Hunter Biden laptop, mm-hmm. and they, of course, will not get the Pulitzer. <laughs> and the question is, at what point do we have a de facto is state media. You know, it has all of the elements, all the practices that you see with a state media. The only difference is that this is by consent rather than coercion. And it's. I thought that was a rather solid take. But what I didn't know is if there is on the legal side um, something that can be done regarding how media worked. Uh, this story is there's something that could be done regarding how the federal government, how the FBI, the DOJ, the Obama White House, others work this story. Is this just another one of those things of, yeah, that happened. It's horrible. Oh, well, what can you do? Well, I'm not sure there's anything that legally can be done. And I think that Jonathan Turley points out what to me is takeaway number three is <clears throat> the media. The media so hated Trump that they interfered in our election. They manipulated our political process and they did it as a group with only a handful of exceptions. And those handful of exceptions were demonized and ostracized and deplatformed. Uh, so you have Hillary Clinton, you have the federal government and you have the mainstream corporate media uh, 
completely manipulating our process. And I think you put those three three things together. And that's the most depressing side, which is that what Russia collusion has hoax has exposed is a, a deep corruption in our political process, one that really, I think, shattered a lot of people's faith in the political process. And that really, I think, is why you have the toxic politics that we have now. now. Of course, the corporate media tries to portray it as it's always, you know, conservatives react to or right. conservatives jump on or no. seize that. Seize. Whole yes. Seize was the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> the conservatives seize. Um, but no, I mean, there are not enough bad words that can be said against about our mainstream corporate media. They are corrupt to the core. They are manipulative to the core. They are dishonest to the core. Occasionally, as Rush used to say, they do random acts of real journalism. So even the New York Times is capable of excellent journalism, but they're also capable and very experienced and expert at manipulating the political process. When the Durham report came out, the first thing I read, only because I Googled it, and of course, New York Times comes to the top, so I clicked on the New York Times story, and they're still manipulating the process. After reading that story, it's, oh, no big deal, no biggie, some things happened, didn't really affect anything, let's move on. That was the New York Times story. Now, credit to ABC News and some others, they actually wrote up what happened here. Uh, and did a good job at it. But the New York Times is still manipulating the political process. Uh, and, and that's really a frightening thing about what our country has become. I don't know if it's, we've become that or it's now been exposed, but the, the way the political process is manipulated by the, the left wing, which includes the New York Times um, in the country, is really astounding. And all they all we want to hear about is Russian interference in the election because they bought $100,000 worth of ads in Facebook in 2016. Remember how much we heard about that. And then all of the sudden we find out that there was a collusion across the Democratic political spectrum, uh, which dwarfed anything Russia did a thousand or a million times over. Uh, and that's just being swept under the rug. So I think the damage that's been done is long lasting. It's, it tears at the fabric of our society. And it was caused by Hillary Clinton, the federal government and the mainstream corporate media all acting in unison. You know, you brought up something interesting talking to William Jacobson, Cornell law professor, the mind behind the legal insurrection dot com. Uh, you don't know uh, if this just exposes them or, or proves them guilty. Uh, I believe the answer is is, is yes. It, it, but I think that the the question that comes from within that is, is this. Now, who we are, is this the way it is? Well, why would I think, uh, uh, Professor Jacobson, that this isn't the way they are? How how does one I mean, I'm asking you a political question. I don't often do that, but I, I figure you're here. I might as well. How do you expect anybody to actually trust an election again when this is the lengths to which they will go. And before you answer that question, let me preface it with something that Asa Hutchinson said, uh, the former governor of Arkansas, Republican, running for president and clearly running on the never Trump concept. Listen to this. The problem, what we'll see is that Donald Trump will use this as a means to undermine all of law enforcement, use it as a means to undermine uh, our institutions that are so important uh, in our justice system. Uh, 
it's going to be Trump who uses this to <laughs> undermine the, the, the DOJ and the FBI when it's the DOJ and the FBI that went about undermining us, the, 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 American, the American people. There's a there's a real question here about if this is the way it is, how does one have faith again? Well, I think that's a problem. And I think to to blame Trump for what was perpetrated on him by Hillary, the FBI, the DOJ and the mainstream media is absurd. You don't have to like him or dislike him. But he, along with the country, was the victim here. The victim are not the people being exposed. It's the the fact that they did these things that are now being exposed. So I think that's ridiculous. I think that, you know, there's nothing I don't think legally that can be done. It has to be a political solution. I mean, you know, there has to be a cleaning of house throughout the federal government, um, similar to what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida with the bureaucracies there. Um, and Donald Trump tried to do a little bit of when he was president, didn't get very far. Uh, you know, so I think that, you know, if Republicans ever want to change the situation, you need to put in the White House somebody who has both the skill and the willingness to take on the bureaucracies and you need a Republican Senate and House to get it done. Because otherwise, you're absolutely right. We're at a stage in our political life in this country where it is very hard for anyone to make a difference, uh, you know, because of this manipulation that's still in place. And so I think that that's really damaging to our society. And I think a cleaning of house at the federal level is absolutely needed. Before I, I let you go, the concept of criminality, as you've read the Durham report here, is there anybody who should be sued? Is there anybody who, uh, if you had a different administration, uh, should be prosecuted? Is there anything civilly uh, that can happen? Does Trump have room for a defamation case anywhere? Oh, Dominion voting can do it, but Trump can't do it. Is there anything that read that made you say, oh, if I was their lawyer, here's where I'd be exploiting it? Well, I think there were clearly defamatory statements made over the years about Trump. Um, he chose not to sue on them, probably would have had a very difficult time winning because he's such a political figure. Uh, so, I, you know, the whole the uh, alpha server was nonsense. Uh, but you have, you know, a very high level to prove for a public figure uh, that the People knew it was false when they said it or at least recklessly disregarded the truth. But when the New York Times and the media are all presenting a fabricated version of history, can you blame really people or can you show a reckless disregard when they go along with that? So I think it's very tough. You have statute of limitations problems. I mean, Dominion is a whole different thing. Um, I don't think that ever should have gotten to trial. Uh, I, you know, I think that was a travesty. Those uh, rulings by the court. Uh, and then for whatever its reason, Fox settled it for an enormous amount of money. But I don't think they're really you can compare one to the other. One was a corruption of the political process. And that's what happened to Trump uh, because of this this collusion over his fabricated collusion, uh, whereas a private defamation case by a company, I think, is not really a great analogy. So I think that Republicans have to show a backbone and a willingness to clean house. Asa Hutchison, based on the comments that you just played, 
clearly doesn't have that that attitude, uh, you know, and I think Republicans need to decide not only who can win. That's a big issue, because if we lose another four years of this, you know, with Joe Biden, because Team Obama is still running the show in the Biden. Absolutely. So Republicans need to decide not only who do they like more, but who do they think can win? But also part of that is if that person does win, are they actually going to get the job done? Because as we saw with Trump's 2016 administration, he was incapable of taking on the bureaucracy. Now, I don't know that anybody could have done a better job because a lot of what we now know about the bureaucracy was not exposed. It is now. So, yes, this is going to bleed right into the Republican primaries and the presidential campaign, and it should. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. I appreciate you taking the time. There is much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. There are some days where it's important to share things more than once. And sometimes I get asked, why do I share an interview twice in a show? It's because people don't. I mean, some people listen throughout the whole show, and I love it. I appreciate you so very much. Very often people are in and out of their cars. Remember, they're working. They're they're doing deliveries. They've got all sorts of things to do, so people miss it the first time. And it's why in a day like today, when I've got Congressman Jim Banks, when I have William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, I repeat these interviews to make sure everybody has them so we all understand, especially on this Durham conversation, this Durham report, exactly where we are. It is worse than we understand, and I'm going to be digging into this over the next couple days. I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate your faith in the show. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I am Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.